Thanks for joining us at Reveal, a Jesus-centered community. To learn more about us and what's going on, check us out on the web at www.revealvineyard.com. We hope in the minutes to come, you're able to find God, find others, and find yourself. Thanks again for listening. Good morning, Reveal. It's great to be with you guys this morning. I love our church. I love our worship team. I love everything about this place and and you guys. So I'm honored to be with you guys here today, uh, and I thank you guys for being here. So Marty had already uh, mentioned that we are on week four of our series called Mastermind, where we are learning to change our thinking and hopefully to change our mind. So let's briefly recap what we have learned thus far. So we know that we're all in a spiritual battle. Agreed? constant spiritual battle where the evil one's trying to create these strongholds in our mind, and he's doing that based on lies. He's planting lies in our heads that then create these strongholds that lead us down a path of of poor thinking. But we know now that we can identify those strongholds, and then we can come up with or name the truth that will demolish that stronghold. Amen? Amen? That was weak. I'm sorry. First service did a lot better than that. We also learned that, that, that we know that most battles are won and lost where? In the mind. We learned that our lives follow our strongest thoughts, which basically makes it impossible to live a positive life with a negative mind. The two are completely counterintuitive. And we also learned that if you don't change the way you think, how can you guys change the way you live? So the Apostle Paul, while actually imprisoned in Rome, so... Obviously, his intentions were not to be imprisoned in Rome. His intentions were to be able to preach and spread the gospel throughout Rome. But while imprisoned, he wrote a letter, uh, and he said in uh, Philippians 4, 6, Do not be anxious about anything, but anything. We're going to come back to that quite a bit throughout the rest of today. But in every situation, no matter what the situation, in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your what? Your minds in Christ Jesus. And finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about, focus on such things. Think about and focus on those things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. Let's be doers and not just hearers. And the God of peace will be with you. The title of today's message is The Peace of God, so let's open in prayer. If you bow your heads, please, with me. Heavenly Father, I'm just so honored and blessed uh, to be able to to share a message uh, on behalf of you and your word, God. I thank you so much for today and this opportunity, God. I pray that you... I would bless every individual here and that you would allow your spirit to move freely about this place and to touch and transform lives based on your word today, God. Uh, we pray and lift up the offering uh, before you. We pray that, that those resources go towards uh, something that brings you glory in the utmost fashion. We also pray for our youth that are at youth camp. Uh, pray that you would transform those kids and you would reach out to those kids and you would infuse those kids with your Holy Spirit through camp. Uh, and we just pray for transformation today, God. I pray that uh, the words spoken through me uh, as, a, as a vector uh, will, will transform individuals and change their way of thinking. God, we love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. So I grew up in a very uh, traditional church, and as a service would start or some type of activity through the church would, would get, get rolling, uh, we would always stand, we'd always extend a hand, do a handshake, and we'd say, peace be with you, and also with you, okay? But Reveal, I would say, our church is not necessarily a completely traditional church, so we're going to do things a little bit differently, so I need everybody to stand up, okay, and just hear me out on this one, okay? So I want you guys to stand up. I want you to locate two to three people around you. I want you to give them a high five, and I want you to tell them, get you some peace, okay? Say, get you some peace, all right? Get you some peace, get you some peace. Not get a peace, but get you some peace, okay? That's just another reason I love this church. We're willing to give high fives and fist pumps in church. There's nothing in the Bible that says anything about high fives or fist pumps. You guys can have a seat. So how many of you guys would say that you've experienced or dealt with runaway thoughts or irrational worries? Go ahead and raise your hand. It's okay to admit I think we've all been there. Okay. Why do, why do we do this? Why do we, why do we experience these, these irrational worries? Well, I grew up in a, in a tiny little, minute little rural town in uh, the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, which, if anybody's from Michigan, we're right about here. Anybody from Michigan in the house? All right, there's one. So you know what this means. Okay, and they got the, anyways, we only got one. An audience of one's not going to work, so. Uh, t- tiny little town in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Um, grew up right on Lake Michigan, which was an amazing blessing. Uh, so uh, every, you know, every summer we'd be off to the beach. We'd be, you know, back in, when I grew up in the, you know, the 80s, um, you could hop on your bike in the morning, go down to the beach, swim for six to eight hours, show up after dinner, and no one even thought twice about it. We can't do that now, obviously, but it was a, an amazing blessing for us. So my same group of three, four, five friends, we'd cruise down to the beach every day uh, and just have fun in the water. And so there's, there was this one instance, though, when I was about 10 years old, and two of my friends were with me, and we rolled down to the beach and on our bikes, and we, we brought this big, huge yellow inner tube with us, you know, those big, big, fat inner tube with two, two handles on it. Um, and we decided to do something a little bit different that day. So we threw it in the water, we hopped on, uh, we started floating around. We were talking about whatever 10-year-old boys talk about, maybe girls, maybe puberty, I don't know. I, don't, I have no idea what we were talking about, but we, we talked. The point is that we just sat and we talked, and we talked for probably 20, 30 minutes well, while we were talking, what we didn't realize is that we had drifted quite a ways from the shore. Okay, so uh, we didn't think too much about it. You know, we've been at the beach every day. It wasn't too big a deal. You know, we know the water's there. There's no, you know, riptides and wicked, nasty currents in Lake Michigan. It's pretty chill. So we didn't think too much of it. So we just kept chit-chatting. Uh, one, of the, one of my friends hopped off, grabbed on the handle, started kicking a little bit, trying to get us our momentum headed, headed back towards the shore. Uh, that didn't work. Uh, so we kept drifting out. A few minutes later, we realized, man, now we're even further out. So then we started to get a little bit worried. So now all three of us are holding on by handles, kicking, trying to get ourselves back closer to the shore. Well, it seemed like with every kick, we were moving further and further away from the shore. So now we're really in, like, freak-out mode. Now we're getting all hyped up. And so we started screaming towards the shore, like, ah, you know, we're out here. We don't know how to get back. We can't swim. Um, I, I uh, was unaware of the depth of the water, so I figured, well, let me just fire my feet through the middle of the tube, and I'll try to touch the bottom and see what happens. Because, you know, there's something in your mind, if I, if I can touch after getting down a little ways, I'm in a safer place, maybe? Probably not. Um, but I couldn't touch, and I did it twice and couldn't touch. So the panic was just starting to build and starting to build and starting to build. So ultimately and finally, 
an adult from the shore heard us, swam out, grabbed on the handle, swam us back into shore, you know, gave us a good tongue lashing. Where's your parents? What are you guys doing out here by yourselves? Why are you in the water so deep? Um, but after that experience, for days, weeks, months after that, anytime that there was an option to go to the beach, I started to get this, this anxiety. And any time that um, I had a thought of getting into water that might be over my head, I got this wave of anxiety and started getting stressed out, getting that, you know, hearts racing and respiratory rates racing and um, starting to sweat all over the place. My palms are sweaty and I'm just feeling really uncomfortable. Uh, even when I would see a yellow tube, I'd get anxious and excited. Now, fast forward multiple decades and that stuff is all still there. You know, we spent uh, six days last week in, in Rocky Point, Mexico with the high school youth. And we were in the ocean, and I'll be honest with you, just getting in up to my waist, and I was starting to get a little, you couldn't tell that my palms were sweaty because I was soaking wet, but um, I was starting to get a little, bit, a little bit anxious. So that circumstance caused some significant worry within me. Now, maybe there's some of you that are worrying about other things, like maybe someone out here is worried about an upcoming test. And maybe that test, if I don't get the right grades in that test, I don't pass the class. I don't pass the class. I can't get into college. And if I can't get into college, I can't get the right job. And if I can't get the right job, I don't find the right spouse. If I don't find the right spouse, i got no family, no kids. Well, maybe you do find the right person. You do have kids. And kids bring about a whole other level of worry, do they not? So now I've got kids, and I've got to send them to school. And what's at school? Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Kids got to worry about STDs and methamphetamines and somebody bringing a gun to school. Okay, so all these other worries. And that's not to mention the... The kids got to do activities and the financial worries of, okay, my kid's in seven different sports and i got to get them 12 different places. And uh, my kid needs braces. Three of them need braces. Or um, they need to get a car. Or we got to start saving for college. But I haven't even paid off my own college. And now i got to start saving for my kid's college. So <clears throat> we get to a point where we just can't keep up and we're tired all the time. And then we get a headache. And, of course, a headache's due to a brain tumor. So, I mean, things are just kind of... Everything is basically spinning completely out of control. And it's all because... You didn't have time to study for this upcoming exam. So you go from an upcoming exam to a brain tumor in a very short time frame. Anybody, mine has done that in the past. We don't have to go into details, but I'm sure we've all been there at some point in time. So it's, it's safe to say our minds can so easily run away from us uh, and, and get to a place where we really can't reel them back. I've also had the distinct pleasure of um, overseeing the high school ministry here at Reveal and um, before we get into this story, I have a confession. Um, I wasn't going to say this, and I wasn't going to say it in first service either, but God kind of pressed it on my heart. I got pulled over in Mexico. Okay? I'm going to lay it out there for everybody. Got pulled over in Mexico. Um, apparently, I, was, I ran two stop signs. Anyone here ever been to Puerto Penasco or been to Mexico before? Okay, so they have like these hidden stop signs. Have you ever seen those? So they had some stop signs that, you know, stop in, in Spanish is alto. So they had this sign, and it was like about this big, and it was on the ground in a pile of rocks. That qualifies as a stop, so I probably ran that one. And then uh, a few streets up, as we were driving after this whole uh, situation happened, there was a tree with a big bushy top to it, and there was a pole right next to it, and you could see just the T and the O of the sign. The rest of it was incorporated in the tree. So anyways, I got pulled over. That's a side story, but um, I had to confess that to you because the Lord was impressing that upon me, so... Um, so we, with the, back to the high school ministry. So we, we were in Puerto Penasco for about six days and uh, was there with an amazing group of four other leaders and ten youth that uh, I think we all had an amazing uh, transformative experience there. 
Uh, and there's some pictures up here you can kind of see. We, uh, we had the, the distinct pleasure to be able to work with the community and got to go and help paint a preschool. Um, we got to spend an afternoon helping to unlift and su- uh, uplift and support uh, a group of um, folks that had problems with addiction, with drugs and with alcohol. So they were in a facility that uh, has a program that runs a, a, a it's completely 100% Bible-based recovery program, which was amazing. So we got to worship with them and hang out with them a bit. We got to, to reach out to the local community by offering, uh, walking around some, some communities and, and handing out uh, toys to the little ninos at the kids um, and, and giving water to those that needed water. And we walked door to door and we uh, got to ask for, for prayer and needs from the community there. And it was just an amazing experience. But I can only imagine if I was in the head of some of the parents as they were making the decision to send their kids to Rocky Point. Okay? I, I can only imagine what types of thoughts were spinning around in their mind, and I'm sure it probably went something like this. Okay, my kid's going to Mexico. Well, I sure hope he gets over the border. I sure hope he gets back. Uh, what if he drinks the water and gets diarrhea? What if he gets dehydrated? He's probably going to get hospitalized. If he gets hospitalized, he'll catch something else. We've all heard stories about overseas or other hospitals in other countries where, well, you can't leave until you pay your bill, and he's got a $1,000 bill because he's been in the hospital for forever. Uh, and then as he's hospital, he needs to get money, so maybe he starts taking or selling drugs, and before you know it, he's sold to the cartel, and now he's a drug mule going across the border every day. So, so easy for the mind. I can only imagine, hopefully none of those parents are in here, and hopefully you didn't really have those thoughts. If you did, I'm doing a really bad job as someone overseeing the high school ministry. But. So let's talk a bit about worry and the mind. We're going to talk about worry and the mind. So in, in previous weeks, we've learned uh, that your life will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts, which is great if your thoughts are in line with purity, and truth from the Lord. But if they're not, then we're heading down a pretty poor path. So anytime you're afraid, or you're anxious, or you're worried, these thoughts tend to, as we've just demonstrated, compound upon one another. But why do they do this? Why do they do this? So this series, we've talked a lot about different uh, brain structures and brains, so we're going to continue that theme uh, so in our brain, we have a little almond-shaped portion called the amygdala. Everybody say amygdala. It's just a fun word to say, amygdala. So the amygdala is the part of the brain that's wired for survival. So your intense fears typically originate from your amygdala. So when you sense danger, your amygdala kicks in high, high gear. Okay? Amygdala kicks in when there's some type of danger. Your, your, uh, the amygdala stimulates all this adrenaline to get released in your system. Before you know it, you know, you're panting, your heart rate's huge, you got, um, you're sweating all over the place, and all the typical stuff that you, that you can have. So some examples, like you're walking in the white tanks, and um, you uh, almost step on a rattlesnake. Your first reaction is to turn and run, typically. That's the amygdala telling you, get out of there, Okay. Let's say you're driving to church, driving to church, and you see that someone is texting their way into your lane while you're driving to church. What's the first thing you do? You swerve. That's your amygdala speaking. Say you're lying in bed, and we've all, we've all dealt with this before. You're lying in bed, and you hear a noise, like in the living room. Okay, your first instinct there, because of your amygdala, is to either hide, climb under the bed, or grab the heaviest, biggest object on your nightstand, which is usually a lamp, and get ready to fight to the death. Is it not? That's, that's your amygdala. So the problem with the amygdala is it's not objective. It's not objective. So what that means is it's, it's hardwired to protect you and protect you only. That's its one sole function. Now, thankfully, by the grace of God and, and his design, uh, the amygdala does not work alone. 
So the amygdala is somewhat regulated by what's called the prefrontal cortex. Okay? The prefrontal cortex is the logical part of the brain. Okay? The, the part of the brain that helps things make sense when they don't quite make sense. So, uh, for example, you are lying in bed, you hear a noise at night, your amygdala is, it goes right to, I'm going to die! Okay? Your prefrontal cortex says, wait, that's probably just a cat. So then your prefrontal cortex has a discussion, why do we have a cat? What's the cat doing? How can we get rid of the cat in as quick a fashion as possible? So without the prefrontal cortex, your, your amygdala responds according to pre-programming. And we already covered pre-programming a little bit. Pre-programming is yellow inner tube. Okay, I'm starting to freak out. That pre-programming, some type of experience, life experience that then pre-programs you to have that fear and anxiety when you're provoked by some type of trigger. So let me tell you guys what the scriptures do not say, okay? Jesus didn't say, let your heart be troubled, did he? I didn't find that in the Bible anywhere. The angel didn't say, glory be to God in the highest and stress and anxiety here on earth. Okay, not seen that in the Bible either. And Paul clearly did not say, be anxious about everything, right? So what he did say is, do not be anxious about anything. And this is a tough one, okay? But this is what I want to really sink in with you guys. Do not be anxious about anything, not your test that's upcoming, not your job interview that's upcoming, not your uh, future spouse or your current spouse or whatever's going on with your family. But in every situation, whatever that situation might be, whether it's uh, some type of financial burden or uh, maybe you're having a battle versus an addiction or maybe you're having some type of marital crisis, in every situation, by prayer... And petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So what he's saying is that through prayer, okay, we present our request to God. Okay, so we give those up. And what follows is that the peace of God will come upon us. Now, that heavenly peace is unlike any other feeling that we've ever encountered. And, and how do we get it? Guys, we pray. Okay, we talk to God. We, we open a line of communication with our Heavenly Father so we can talk to Him. Um, unfortunately, for many of us, prayer tends to be the last resort. Okay, so you guys have heard, probably heard someone say before, well, all we can do now is pray. That's it. Like, that's the last step. And trying to get through a problem. Can you imagine you know, God in heaven with his arms crossed? Oh, you're down to that. Oh, you guys are screwed. Best of luck. So guys, prayer is never the last resort. Prayer needs to be the number one first line of offense. Okay, When it comes to anything you're dealing with, thoughts or otherwise. He hears your requests. He wants to hear from you regularly. So not only does prayer move the heart of God... But prayer clearly can change the chemistry in your brain and renew your mind as well. You know, a, a few decades ago, uh, it was a pretty common belief with, uh, with most neurologists or you know, brain doctors that once you hit adolescence, that your brain was where it's going to be. So in other words, when you hit a certain age, your brain was fixed. It's not going to change beyond that point. Now, thankfully, we know a lot more about the brain now, and we know that there's tons and tons of research being done and, and, and things such as neurotheology or spiritual neuroscience, which studies the relationship between the brain 
and a relationship with God or a belief in God. It shows that prayer clearly changes the brain on a chemical level. In Carolyn Leaf's book, Switch on Your Brain, she reported her findings that showed that 12 minutes, now keep this in perspective, 12 minutes of daily focused prayer over an eight-week time frame. Guys, you're looking at committing 12 minutes in a day over two months. That can change the brain to such an extent that it can be measured on a brain scan. That's pretty amazing. Okay, that's a true testament to the effect of prayer on the brain itself. So prayer not only moves the heart of God, but it also changes us. You know, just as toxic and negative thoughts can hurt your brain uh, and, and can pre-program you, yellow inner tube, uh, for unhealthy thinking and subsequently unhealthy living. But prayer, on the other hand, clearly heals the brain. It renews the mind. And this is why in, in Romans, Paul said, do not conform to the pattern of this world. What does the pattern of this world look like? Negative thoughts, negative emotions, negative activities, stress, worry, anxiety. So do not conform to the pattern of this world, those things, but be transformed or be changed, be revolutionized by the renewing of your mind. And if that's the case, then why, then why, do, we, why do we worry? You know, why, do we, uh, why do we have panic attacks over the littlest, most minute detail that probably is completely insignificant? Or why are we awoken from a solid sleep with this immense anxiety that then doesn't allow us to get back to sleep? There's many reasons, but one common theory is the amygdala hijack. Well, it sounds like a movie title, but the amygdala hijacks. So the amygdala takes over and says, panic. It says, survive. It says, save yourself. It says, prepare for the worst case scenario you can imagine. At least that's what the neuroscientists will tell you. Now, what would the Apostle Paul say to that? Well, he'd say your mind is dominated by sinful thinking. So, what is worry? What is worry? Worry is the sin. Don't gloss that over. Worry is the sin. How many of you thought of worry as a sin in the past? Worry is the sin of distrusting the promises and power of God, of turning your back on the promises and power of God, saying, God, I don't trust you with this. Or just letting your mind be filled with and dominated by sinful thinking. So Paul would say this, instead of letting my sinful nature control my mind, I'm going to allow the logical part of my brain to choose that which is spiritual. Novel idea. Choose to let the spirit direct my thinking. And Paul said, those who are dominated by sinful nature think about sinful things. We think about sinful things, which is where it starts. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your mind leads to death. That's quite an extreme. But letting the Spirit control your mind leads to life and peace. So that's why, and we've talked about, uh, this has been talked about in the last couple of weeks as well, and that's um, that's why we take every thought captive. And hopefully you guys can wrap your, your mind around that concept of taking every thought captive. If there's a thought that's inconsistent with God's word, then we need to take that thought captive and we need to force it to be, to be obedient to Christ. 
but how do we do this? How do we, how do we practice that? Well, first, you talk to your prefrontal cortex. You tell it to grab the amygdala by the tail or horns or whatever an amygdala has. Uh, whip it around a bit and tell it to give your burdens to God. Okay, Give your burdens to God. So let me explain this a little bit of a different way. So we all carry a big box of worries around with us, do we not? Agreed? And oftentimes, uh, in a period where you have a, a, let's say, a bolstering of your faith, we'll take this box of worries and we'll reach in there and we'll grab whatever's fresh in our mind, whatever worry is really getting to us. And we'll take it and we'll say, all right, God, this one's for you. I'm, I'm giving this one up to you. And then we wait. And if nothing happens, what do we do? Snatch that thing right back. Why do we snatch that back? Why do we take that back? What is the problem with this picture? We've got a big box of worries and a small box of God. Anybody think that's the problem? So how do we fix it? What if we do that? How about a little box of worries and a big box of God? So how do we get God's box to be bigger? Do we communicate with him? Do we talk to him? Do we spend time in worship? Do we spend time in the word? Do we spend time in communion with like-minded individuals that are believers? These are the things we have to do, guys, to, to grow this box bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, where we, it can fit as many worries as we can throw at it. Now, I'd encourage you guys, I only have one, so I can't give it to all of you, uh, but you can share it, just pass it around if you want. Um, I'd encourage you guys to do something similar at home. This can be a very useful exercise, just to grab a box, write God on the side, and then symbolically, when you have worries or stresses or fears or whatever's in your mind, that you take it, you write it down, and just throw it in the box. Although it's symbolically giving it to God, it can start a process inside you that can then result in some pretty significant change. Also, I'm going to put this in the back on that table before service is done. In your bulletins, there's a little section here that says, Tell Us. Okay, What I'd encourage you guys to do is, between now and the end of service, grab your bulletin, tear this part out, and write something down while you're here. Okay, This is an action step for you guys. Write down what's worrying you, what's, what's causing great anxiety, what's causing fear, what's causing stress in your life. Write it on there and on your way out the door, put it in the big God box. Okay? So I know what some of you guys are thinking that, well, that's just irresponsible. You know, the rational people are thinking that's irresponsible. You just give everything to God, then what are you doing? You're doing nothing. You're just leaving it up to God. Okay? Which seems completely irresponsible and... and not a great idea. So here's three action steps that I want you guys uh, to look at to help you with this process of giving things up, putting them in the God box. So number one, do what I can do. Okay, what can you guys do? If it's a, uh, let's say it's a situation at school, can you find more time to study? Can you avoid distractions like putting the video games down? Can you um, find a tutor? What if it's something financial? Can you guys set a budget? Can you maybe seek counsel from someone that's got the fruit on the tree, that's got their finances in order, and they can be an expert for you to help you out? Um, Or maybe spend less than what you make. There's a novel idea, huh? That's That's a nice one to hear, but a tough one to implement, is it not? Or what if it's something marital? What if it's, uh, you have issues with communication? I mean, um... 
If it's a communication issue, then you have to make a conscious effort to set aside more time for communication. Do date nights or, if necessary, seek counseling. But do what you guys can do first. Do what you can do. Get everything out of the way that you can handle. And then the next one, the next two get a little bit tougher. So you've done everything you can do. Now give God what I can't do. This is where it gets to be a bit of a challenge because I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but how many control freaks in the room? Don't, don't raise your hands. Just, just look at me. We'll, we'll know. People like to control situations. So the thought of giving God what I can't do can be a real challenge for people. So you do what you can do. You give God what you can't do. And then here's probably the hardest part for a lot of people. Trust God no matter what. Oof. That's a challenge. Trust God no matter what. So do what you can do. Give what you can't do to God and trust him regardless of what happens. So if your life is moving in a direction that you don't like, if your thoughts are leading your life into a direction that you don't like, what do you do? I've been in this situation myself, and it's very difficult. Um, It can be very hard to get out of a situation like that. You're just tired. You can't keep up with the day in, day out. You're, You're completely overwhelmed. But if you don't control what you think, you can never control what you do. So the first key step is to identify the truth. Identify the truth first. And what you do with that truth is you write it, you think about it, you confess it until you believe it. Okay? Write it, think about it, confess it till you believe it. Let's try that together. Write it, think about it, Confess it till you believe it. Faster. Write it. Think about it. Confess it. Sorry. So first you have to identify what that truth is. And and I wrote down a few truths that, that you guys can use. Jesus is first in my life. I exist to serve and to glorify him. Write it. Think it. Confess it. And you'll believe it. I'm I'm disciplined. Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. Write it. Think it, confess it, and you'll believe it. I am growing closer to Jesus every day. Because of Christ, my family is closer, my body is stronger, my faith is deeper, and my leadership is sharper. Write it, think it, confess it, and you'll believe it. I am creative, innovative, driven, focused, and blessed beyond measure because the Holy Spirit dwells within me. Write it, think it, confess it, believe it. You guys get the, get, the, get the hint here. My words, thoughts, and imaginations are under the power of Christ. I take all thoughts captive and make them obedient to Christ. Big one. Write it, think it, confess it until you believe it. So declare what's true about you. Write it, think it, confess it, and believe it. You, you guys are, are not, you're not hostages to unhealthy thoughts. Okay, The weapons you guys fight with are not weapons of this world, as we've discussed and as you guys all know. Uh, but you have a divine, uh, a divine power to demolish those strongholds, so we have to use it. Worry is not your master. As much as you guys might think that worry is your master and you're a slave to your worry and your anxiety, you're clearly not. You trust in God. His peace guards your heart, mind, and your soul in Christ Jesus. Write it, think it, confess it, you'll believe it. You're not a slave to your habits. You're not a prisoner to an addiction. You've been rescued from the power of darkness and brought into the kingdom of God's light. Write it, 
Think it. Confess it until you believe it. You guys, you know, we, we can't control what happens to us, correct? But you can control how you frame it, as Ken talked about last week. You can reframe it. You can adjust the filter so you see it in a different way. Therefore, you do not interpret God based on your own circumstances. You, you interpret your circumstances through the lens of the goodness of God. And that's the only way to do it. And then you bathe everything in prayer. Guys, we've talked about the power of prayer already and how it changes the chemistry in your mind. And we've talked for weeks about the power of prayer and how it can just transform you and renew your mind and and renew your vision and your desire to be close to God. So bathe everything in prayer and whatever you do. And guys, I've seen... um, I've seen... This type of irrational and worrisome thinking firsthand. Uh, now, I'm by no means an expert, uh, but my wife, Vandana, uh, has struggled with uh, irrational fears and anxiety, uh, generalized anxiety for as long as I've known her. Um, and it's difficult for her, it's difficult for everyone around her. I've seen firsthand that those pre programmed thoughts, the yellow inner tube, uh, those unhealthy thoughts, what they can do to someone physically and mentally. Uh, and emotionally, and it's, and it's painful. But thankfully, thankfully, and I thank, thank the Lord for this every day, that I've also seen how she has been able to identify the lies that the evil one's trying to put into her brain and the strongholds he's trying to develop. She can identify those. She can then name the truth that's going to demolish that, that stronghold. I've also seen how she's been able to find that, that truth and how she's been able to change her thinking and in turn to change her life, which is a huge deal. And I admire her greatly for that. Uh, I don't know a stronger woman on the planet. So guys, I've seen that it can be done. I've seen it firsthand. I'm sure you guys have as well. Uh, that this clearly can be accomplished. But guys, if you, don't, if you don't believe that there is a spiritual battle going on everywhere at all times, then I need you to open your eyes. Okay? I hate to say it so harsh. I mean it in the nicest of ways because I love you all. But you have to open your eyes because it's out there. It's there, it's here, it's in this place, it's everywhere, okay? There's nothing we can do to escape it, but we can manage it. Guys, we've seen it firsthand just as, as Marty's been gone, and we've had you know, uh, f- a four-part series of different speakers. We saw uh, when Daniel spoke in week two, uh, that morning he was to preach, his wife woke up, had double pink eye, her eyes were completely swollen shut, she could not see, she could not see him, or even come to, to listen to him preach. That's an attack, that's not a coincidence. There's no such thing as coincidences. That's an attack. Okay. We saw Ken, when Ken spoke last week. Look at what Ken fell in the shower. You think that's a coincidence? He fell in the shower and busted up his hand within a couple of weeks of having to, to, to present God's word to you guys here at this church? That's not a coincidence. That's not a coincidence. That's, a, that's an attack. That's a spiritual attack. Um, I'm not immune to it either. Um, in the last couple of weeks, uh, I've had a, my grandfather passed away two days ago. I've had um, turmoil within my, my in-laws. Because of that, my sister-in-law is, is now hospitalized due to the stress that that caused her, amongst other things that are going on. Uh, so, guys, the, there's a struggle. These are tests. There's, there's, it's going to be there. You guys need to prepare yourself for it. I don't tell you that stuff for pity. I say that just to remind you guys of how important it is that we change our thinking and protect ourselves with the armor of God that only he can apply on us. Okay, recognize that that attack is coming and be prepared for it. It's the best thing we can do. So, 
as we kind of wrap up here, just a couple things that I want to remind you guys of that you know, God's peace will guard your thoughts if you give your worries to him. And that's a big if, okay? If you guys will give your worries to him, he will protect you. We need to think and focus on the things of God always. It's very difficult in our hustle and bustle and busy lives and with technology and with everything that's going on, our super-packed schedules, for our eyes and our mind to drift off of God periodically. But we need to do our best to think and focus on the things of good as often as we can. We need to take captive our thoughts. And then after we take those thoughts captive, we let Jesus win these battles for us. Because that's why he's, he died for us. Don't be anxious about anything. And this is a tough one. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, 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 pray. Okay? If you get nothing else from today's message, invigorate your prayer life. If it's not there, it's not where you want it to be, let's pick it up a notch. Okay? Pray and present your request to God. Let Jesus take the captive thoughts and replace them with truth, because the truth will what? The truth will set you free. Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the opportunity to be uh, a medium or be a way in which your, uh, your words uh, can flow f- through me to get to any individual here that needs to hear it. I pray that, that the words that were spoken today and the scriptures that were referenced will then transform lives I pray that they will transform thoughts and they will transform minds and they will lead to amazing prayer lives. God, I pray that we are equipped with your armor and we are able to defeat these strongholds that the, 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 the evil one will, will put in front of us and put into our minds. And I just pray that we continue to fight that battle on a day-in, day-out basis and know that the battleground is everywhere, God. I pray again for our, our youth uh, as they're up at UCYC and I just pray that you... Uh, transform them and that your spirit will infuse your love within them and they will come away with an amazing experience. God, I thank you so much for everyone that's here. I pray for those that could not be here. I I love our church and I pray that you continue to bless our church abundantly. God, and I pray all this in your son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Guys, have a super day. Say hi to somebody on the way out and, uh, We'll Marty will be back next week, so you guys have a great day.